Hello everyone and welcome to another Chatterbug stream. My name is Max Roberts. Let's learn some English. As you can see from this beautiful art gallery I'm in, we are talking about art today. Or more specifically, we are talking about contemporary art styles. So contemporary means anything that you find being done recently in today's age. So paintings being painted in the last 20 years or so. Um, and art styles, of course, are the different ways that artists might express themselves or different types of art that they might produce. Now, today is an advanced stream, so it might be a bit difficult, but difficulty is always good. It is always good to challenge yourself. So, hello, Boduke. Welcome to the stream. Now, the first art style I want to look at today is abstract art. Abstract art. Um, now, abstract, uh, to define it, I would say something like the artwork takes an element from the real world and re represents it using shapes, colors, forms, and gestural marks, but detached from its truest form. Um, there's a little bit of a difficult sentence, but let me show you some examples and maybe you'll understand what I mean. So abstract art essentially is using shapes and color to express maybe ideas or things from the real world, but in a non-literal way. Um, so quite often you can't quite see what the actual subject of the artwork is. So here's a nice example. Here's another example. These are abstract artworks. Uh, so color, form, shape to express the artist's view on the world. And this is very important. It's more about expressing how the artist sees things, how the artist interprets things, rather than what is actually going on in the real world. And my question for you is, abstract would count as objective or non-objective in that case. Hello, Destiny. Hello, Bremer. Hello, Anna. Welcome to the stream. It's an advanced stream today, so I hope you can keep up. Uh, this is a tricky, tricky subject. Hi, Taya B. Um, so abstract art would count as objective or non-objective. Very, very well done if you said non-objective. So an objective truth or an objective opinion is based on facts and on what is real and in front of you, whereas something that is non-objective would be more according to the own person's interpretation. So art, abstract art, is the artist's interpretation of things. Um, so quite often what is seen as the sort of opposite of abstract art is figurative art. Figurative art. So we had abstract, which deals more with shapes, with colors, with feelings. But then we have figurative art. So figurative artists strive to create works that were derived from real object sources and often depicted human figures. Uh, there you can hear the word figurative, human figure. Um, so let me show you some examples of figurative art. Um, a nice cool picture of a man in a black suit. Um, or here, for example, where the shape of a human is sort of implied. This is figurative. Um, here's another example where it's more realistic a more realistic figurative art form. And the way that I like to remember figurative is if I talk about a figure. So figurative art depicts a figure. So in a figurative art, we're looking maybe for a specific 
figure, a person, an animal, something that is represented in an artistic way that we can recognize. So abstract is harder to recognize, figurative is easier to recognize. And my question for you is, figurative art is what? Representational or non-representational? Um, Livia, yes, is non-objective subjective? Yes, I would say the, the opposite of objective is subjective. So objective would be someone who is dealing in facts, whereas a subjective opinion would be me enjoying a film and my friend not enjoying the same film. It is subjective because it's based on his experience or my experience. That is subjective, whereas objective, if you say the film is objectively good, that means that uh, other people can't disagree because it is a well-made film, for example. But I would say non-objective is probably, the meaning is slightly different to subjective because Subjective is really talking about other people, the opinion varying from person to person, whereas non-objective might just mean the person's own one person as an individual. It is their non-objective understanding of something. Um, so if it's objective, they just see literally what's there, whereas non-objective might be, oh, I can see this shape in that cloud. Uh, hello from Israel, good to see you. So many of you in the chat. Um, very good if you said figurative art is representational because it represents figures. It represents real objects. Uh, next up, we're looking at geometric. Geometric. And I think you'll know what this is. So geometric art is to do with what? People, shapes, science, or photography. And I would say often geometric art falls in this sort of abstract umbrella often, but it could also be figurative. There are ways to do geometric art uh, with figures. Um, but when we're talking about geometric, what are we talking about? Are we talking about people, shapes, science, or photography? Uh, let's see how you do. So well done, everyone, if you said shapes. Shapes, so geometric art always deals with shapes. We're talking rectangles, circles, lines. Let me show you some examples. Um, so this is more contemporary, but other famous geometric artists are people like Kandinsky, for example. Um, I would say that's very geometric. Um, great, so here's some geometric art. Here's another nice modern geometric piece for you because we've got the pyramid represented. And then if you look in the pyramid, you can see lots of individual little squares. Uh, so that's quite a geometric piece uh, here as well. This is very geometric. Um, there's like, if you look broadly at the image, you can see squares, but also lots of triangles, lots of shattered images. Uh, so this would be geometric art, and geometric art is using shapes and patterns to create an image. Now, geometric art could represent a person, uh, but it also could be completely abstract. Um, our next art style today is minimalism, uh, minimalist art. And I'm gonna show you a quote about minimalist art. So minimalism constitutes of a school of abstraction devoid of personal expression, or at least where personal expression is kept to a minimum. So I would say the most minimalist art you could ever see would be like a white canvas or a black canvas, just a plain painting because expression is taken out of it. Um, and here are some examples of minimalist art. 
So as you can see, there is not so much of the artist's own expression in a way. There's just a few lines, a couple of squares, very, very simple. Same here, we're looking at sort of some, a very minimal type of art uh, with a sort of 3D image. Um, and of course, we have uh, this here. This is, I, I can't tell if it's a photo or a painting, but either way, it's still very minimal because we're getting a landscape, but it's sort of so whitened out that you can barely see it. So this, I would say, is a very minimalist art. I quite like minimalist art, actually. I quite like it. Um, Olga Alex says Mondrian. Absolutely, Mondrian is a great example of both uh, geometric art and minimalism. I would say Mondrian is sort of both. Um, so, what is the opposite of minimalism? What is the opposite of minimalism? Uh, is it hyperrealism, maximalism, or technicolor? What is the opposite of minimalism? Hyperrealism, maximalism, or technicolor? Um, let's see if you get this right. Um, maximalism, I feel like, is having a moment in fashion. Um, or it's certainly something you'll see on the runway in Milan or Paris. People will go, that's a very maximalist outfit. Um, so what do we think maximalism is? Very, very good. Maximalism is sort of like so many different components that it becomes overwhelming. So lots of patterns and shapes. And, you know, if I'm talking fashion, it might be like three different patterns and big shoulder pads and a big hat. And that's sort of a maximalist style. Whereas minimalism is uh, kind of, you know, not much expression, plain, um, very simple lines, very clean image. <laughs> All right, maximalism. <laughs> I'm in a very minimalist outfit today though. Max, max in a minimalist outfit. Um, of course, another great style of contemporary art is art that looks at nature. Art that looks at nature. Um, and I guess this does fall into many different categories, but I thought it was worth talking about it on its own as well, because there is a real sort of trend of art using nature uh, as a way to inspire the artist uh, and express something on a canvas, in a sculpture, um, in a photo, for example. Uh, so nature is quite simple. I don't know if it really needs much of a an explanation, um, but artwork that uses nature um, as its chief inspiration. So it might look at animals, at landscapes, at um, flowers, at, at uh, forests, for example. Um, we're looking at the natural world to inspire our art. Um, I like this one. This is a sort of more Chinese kind of feeling to it, or definitely more sort of East Asian. Um, so, which of these might not be included in nature art? Which of these might not be included in nature art? Geology, topography, typography, or oceanography? Mmm, that's hard. So I thought you thought you'd get off easy uh, when I talk about nature. Obviously, we all know what nature is. This is a bit more difficult. Um, Marianne says, I think minimalist art is very popular in Japan. I would agree, even like historically, when the rest of the world was very into sort of more of a maximalist style, I think Japan, things were still very minimal. Um, and I've always loved Japanese interior design, Japanese art, Japanese pottery. Um, 
And so I think, uh, yeah, absolutely, I would agree. Minimalist art is probably quite popular in Japan. But then also, they love maximalist, like the anime thing as well. It's sort of very, very maximalist. So Japan is always a country of contrasts. Um, very good, everyone, if you said typography. Typography. So geology is looking at rocks, so that's nature. Topography is looking at landscapes. So that is part of nature. Oceanography is looking at the ocean. That is part of nature. Typography is something else. We may be looking at typography later in the stream. Let's see. So next up, we are going to look at a bit of pop art. Pop art. Um, I love pop art. I'm a huge fan of pop art. Um, let's look at some examples first, and then we'll go into an explanation. So here's a nice example of pop art. I want to say they've used this sort of collage idea, cutouts sort of stuck together, uh, recomposed in an interesting way. Um, here's another nice example of pop art, quite minimal. Uh, it looks like Mount Fuji to me. Uh, and absolutely, I would agree with what Marianne said. You know, this to me reads very Japanese and it has a very minimalist style. Um, and then here on the opposite side is a more maximalist style of pop art uh, with lots of colors and flowers and cute cartoon characters and Japanese writing. Um, so, pop art is linked with what? Photographic imagery, commercial imagery, or vintage imagery. Pop art is linked with what? Uh, photographic imagery, commercial imagery, or vintage imagery. Um, very good. I think minimum is, minimalism is inspired by Ushan's razor. I don't know that, actually. I'd have to Google that. Um, and IA says, have you ever been to Japan? Yes, I've been to Japan a long time ago, 2007, and I absolutely loved it. I am desperate to go back. I speak some Japanese, and it is something that I'm really passionate about as a country. I would love to go back and explore more. Um, so... Pop art is linked with what? What do we think pop art is linked with? Well done if you said more commercial imagery. Um, commercial imagery. So the famous, famous example of pop art uh, is Andy Warhol's Campbell's Soup. Campbell's Soup, which is a soup can um, depicted as an artwork. And this is, of course, is looking at the kind of label of the art uh, of the soup can, uh, looking at the sort of colors, the composition, to make us look at a simple can of soup in a different way. Uh, so absolutely, pop art is very much linked with commercial imagery. Uh, distinctly derived from popular and mass culture, uh, artists in this movement sought to explore reimaginations of commercial images. And that's why I always think that pop art has a very um, cartoony feel often because it is linked with this sort of commercial side of um, art and uh, commercial campaigns. And of course, those often use cartoon imagery and bright colors to sell a product. Um, very nice Coca-Cola bottle. Yep, absolutely correct. Uh, pop art is linked to the era of consumption. Absolutely correct. Lucio, I'm very impressed with your knowledge. Um, you definitely, you should be doing the stream. I, I feel like you're more knowledgeable about art than I am. So pop art is linked to an era of consumption. I totally, totally agree. Uh, another famous example, Andy Warhol, again, with the Marilyn Monroe times four in the bright colors. That is an image that we all instantly recognize as 
pop art. Roy Lichtenstein as well, also very famous for his pop art style. Um, the sort of dramatic, colorful, cartoony, sort of 1960s looking, often women with a speech bubble or a thought bubble expressing their thought or the trouble that they're going through or whatever. Um, next up, another important art style is portraiture. Portraiture. Um, and again, I'm going to show you some examples of portraiture before I talk about it. Portraiture. Now, portraiture has existed for millennia, I would say, even in ancient Egypt, there are examples of portraiture. So portraiture is, um, well, let's look at some examples. Um, here are some beautiful examples of contemporary portraiture, uh, which I am a big fan of, of course. Um, that must be, I think that's Ian McKellen. That looks like Ian McKellen to me. That looks like a portrait of Ian McKellen. So portraiture aims to capture the what of a person. What is portraiture, uh, portraiture aiming to do? Is it trying to capture the fragrance of a person, the essence of a person, or the pigment of a person? What is portraiture trying to do? And again, portraiture can be more literal, more photorealistic. I think in recent years, there's been a real trend to try and show things in a photorealistic way. This means painting in a way that looks like a photograph. And I'm very impressed with anyone who can do that. The hours it must take, the detail and the patience it must take to do a photorealistic portrait uh, with paint. Um, but also you can have more abstract forms of portraiture. Of course, there are many, many famous Picassos, which are absolutely portraits, where they really just use lines and shapes to represent a person rather than uh, using the literal image of the person. So portraiture aims to capture the essence of a person very well. The fragrance is the smell. <laughs> and there's not many pieces of art that smell. That'll be the next stage. If I do this, uh, this stream in 20 years time, I can talk about uh, fragrant art. Um, there is of course uh, the pigment of a person, which would mean their sort of color. Um, and of course, portraiture doesn't have to stick to literal pigments. You know, you can paint a blue person and it's still a portrait. Uh, so we're looking at the essence of a person uh, with portraiture. Uh, so this is very much the artist's goal, is to represent how the artist sees this person um, and how they want to represent this person as a piece of art. Um, so portraiture can be broadly defined as a presentation of the likeness, character, beauty, status, or essence of a particular person. Of course, I would say the most famous portrait of all times is the Mona Lisa. Um, that is a very, very famous portrait. And of course, the reason why everyone cares about it is because they're trying to work out what her expression is. Um, how do you read the Mona Lisa's expression? That's a very, very good question. And one which many, many art critics have discussed for centuries. Um, but obviously, portraiture in general, you're looking at the expression of the person, the feeling, the general energy that this person gives off, I would say is all an important part of portraiture. Uh, thank you, Lucio, I, I appreciate that. Um, and Boduke has said, has someone drawn your portrait? No, I don't think anyone has. I've done my own portrait. I've done self portraits before, um, which I quite like doing actually. Um, 
Does that make me vain? If I enjoy doing self-portraits, does that make me vain? That is a good question. <laughs> or is it just that I'm deconstructing the, uh, the shapes and angles of my face? I don't know. Um, so, uh, but uh, Marianne, some 3D portraits are so realistic that they look like photos. This is absolutely true, and I'm so impressed by artists who can do this, who can create paintings that literally look like a photograph. But when you look really closely, you can see the brush strokes. I mean, it is unreal what some people can do. Um, Marianne recommends Hadi Karimi on Instagram. I will check it out. That's a really good recommend recommendation. Thank you, Marianne. Our next art style today is still life. Still life. So let's talk a little bit about still life. Um, I'm gonna show you some images that I would include as still life pictures or paintings. Uh, still life paintings. Um, here's a nice, what is that? It looks sort of like a tangerine, I would say. Um, then we've got another uh, that looks like an apple in some kind of protective wrap. Um, interesting, interesting painting. Uh, and then, of course, here, a beautiful bouquet of flowers in a bowl with a nice sort of dynamic and dramatic background. Uh, so, what do we think still life looks at? Does it look at animate objects or inanimate objects? What does still life look at? Uh, animate objects or inanimate objects? That is the question. Um, I remember at school having to do still life and so the, the artist would put like a bowl and some fruit and some flowers and something and then you'd have to kind of draw it in your own style. Uh, so what does still life look at? Very, very well done if you said still life looks at inanimate objects. So an animate object is something that moves, whereas an inanimate object is something that is still. And still life looks at things that don't move. So animate objects would be things like animals and like humans. And so that art is more figurative. Whereas still life, uh, we're looking at things that do not move. So inanimate objects. Um, you could kind of in a, in a dark way, say like a drawing of a dead person would technically be a still life object uh, or a still life piece of art. But that's a bit dark. Uh, Marianne. Do you also say nature mort in English to say still life? Um, I haven't heard that that often, but I would say I am not an art expert by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, so <laughs> please don't take my word of it. I haven't heard that myself, um, but I feel like in the art world, it might be different. I am not from the art world. Um, I do like art. I do like going to art galleries, but I am not in the art world. Um, I like to look at paintings and just see how I interpret them. I work in theatre as well, so it's always good to look at imagery and think about how I could translate that to stage. But uh, no, I don't look at... Um, uh, I don't look so much at... Um, the exact terminology of art. Um, next up is surrealist art. Surrealist. And I've got a quote... A key quote derived from the Surrealist movement is that of André Breton, uh, a French writer and poet. He stated Surrealism as a psychic automatism in its pure state, by which one proposes to express verbally, by means of the written word, or in any other manner, the actual functioning of 
thought. Ugh. Even I find that hard to understand. And I teach English. Even I find this hard to understand. Um, so let's look, rather than let's talk about what surrealist art is, let's have a look at some examples of surrealism or contemporary surrealism. Because it's pretty hard to describe surrealism. Um, for me, surrealism are sort of, how would I describe it? Things that the mind can sort of feasibly conceive but pushes what is possible in reality. So the word real is in surreal, and surreal, I think, if you think of it like above reality, that's the way I think of it. Um, very, very good. Here's another nice example of a surreal painting. I quite like this, actually. That's not normally my style, but I quite like this. I think that's quite cool. Clouds made of skulls, very, very interesting. So surrealism looks at Thing at what imagery? Does it look at rational imagery or irrational imagery? Let's see. Um, let's see if you get that right. Essie, uh, only Leonardo da Vinci. I mean, that's a great artist to know. Um, that's sort of, you know, as far as art goes, that's a pretty important artist. So, very good. Uh, surrealism looks at what? Does it look at rational imagery or irrational imagery? Um, so, irrational imagery. Rational means things that make sense. Irrational means things that don't make sense. So logically, if we're looking at surrealism, we are looking at irrational imagery. Ah, I like this, Lucio. I understand surrealism as an escape to the world of dreams. I would agree with this. I would say surrealism really, really leaves the world of reality and it kind of pushes what the mind can create. And it's sort of at the limit of what the mind can create. So, you know, the famous artist Salvador Dali, we have things like melting clocks in this kind of bleak landscape, and that is absolutely the stuff of nightmares or dreams. It is not something that you can find in real life, but the mind can imagine it. So I think surrealism sort of pushes your brain to the limit of its imagination. That's how I like to think of it. Uh, surrealism looks at irrational imagery. Well done, everyone. Um, and then our final art style today, we are looking at a typographic art style. Typographic. So I mentioned the word earlier, but I didn't want to tell you what it meant because I want to see if you can work out what typography is. Typography is related to what? Landscapes and scenes, letters and fonts, or expressions and emotions. What is typography or what is a typographic art style? Um, typography is related to Landscapes and scenes, uh, letters and fonts, or expressions and emotions. Uh, Marianne, it looks like a distorted reality. Absolutely. Um, absolutely, that's surrealism. We're looking at, at distorted reality. So I liked that one with the clouds because from, from a distance they look like normal clouds and then when you look in, you see that they're made out of lots of skulls and that's quite a surreal idea. Something that is, you know, clouds are both are not a solid item, but a skull is, and, you know, so when you look at the that image, are we looking at a solid or a gas? That's kind of a surreal thing in itself. Um, very, very good. Uh, typography is related to what? Landscape scenes, letters, fonts, or expressions and emotions. Well done. If you said letters and fonts, letters and fonts. So let's look at some typography in art, some typography. So here is some interesting 
letters sort of rearranged and spliced together. Uh, then we have something here, which is more of a kind of literal words on a page, um, but composed in an interesting way, reversed, playing with color, playing with the order, the spelling. Um, so yeah, I think that's pretty interesting. Um, and then finally, this one here, where if you look closely, the whole painting is made out of letters. Everything is made out of letters. So I'd say this is typographic. Um, usually typography uses words and letters to portray the meaning of the artwork in some way. So obviously words hit people in a way that images don't. Like an image makes us feel a certain way, whereas an, a word gives us a meaning. And so typogra typography in art is very much about pushing a meaning, I would say, because the way you understand the word will instantly make you interpret the art in a certain way, um, which imagery is is less concrete, I would say. Uh, Bowduk, with nature, there is usually one focus or one main idea being the subject where still life usually has multiple. That's interesting. Ah, okay, yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's true, still life often has multiple components and it's about how objects relate to each other quite often. So, you know, it's like the book and the pen together. Very, very good, thank you, Bowduk. So, typography is an art style that uses an existing or a new typeface to arrange text in an endeavor to convey a message. So how do we play with words and letters and typography to make our audience feel a certain way? That is typography. So everyone, thank you for watching my stream on different art styles. It was very, very long, uh, but I thought it was a good stream actually. I really enjoyed learning about this stuff whilst I was practicing for the stream. And I hope you enjoyed watching. So thank you all for watching today's art lesson. It's been a lot of fun and I look forward to seeing you all soon. Until then, my friends, goodbye. See you soon. Bye-bye.